Section 16 of My Strange Rescue. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. My Strange Rescue by James MacDonald Oxley. Section 16 The Swimming Match at the Arm frank frank hold on there a second cried jack stone breathlessly as he ran after his friend frank halted until jack caught up to him well jack what's the news you seem to be excited about something said he so i am panted jack for i've big news to tell you uncle william has offered a sovereign to the fellow that makes the best time swimming across the northwest arm what do you think of that why i think that's just splendid of him and i'm going to try for one and i too you may be sure and george murray and hal hemming says they're going in i was telling them about it this morning of course we can't all win but the more the merrier you know and i think you and i will stand as good a chance as any of them just about as good assented frank that is if none of the big boys are allowed to try did your uncle make any rule about that of course he did replied jack nobody over fifteen can compete oh that's all right and it's only fair too said frank evidently much relieved suppose we go out and have a practice this afternoon suggested jack it's so hot that the water ought to be as warm as milk all right said frank just wait till i leave this parcel at the house and get a couple of towels and then i'm with you accordingly a few minutes later the two boys with towels in hand were trudging toward the northwest arm impatient to be in the water for the sun was sending down lots of heat that summer afternoon frank brookfield and jack stone were very great friends had been so indeed almost from their nursery days they got along about as well together as two boys who had each his own share of spirit and selfishness could and although they were rivals in a good many of their boyish sports they had a wise way of looking at the matter for next to coming out first himself each was eager that the other should and consequently they had no occasion to quarrel over the result in the science of swimming they were very evenly matched what jack lacked in strength as compared with frank who stood an inch taller being about made up by a superiority in style that was natural to him in everything he did hot as the afternoon was they were too eager for their dip to walk slowly and when they reached the projecting rock from which they were accustomed to bathe black rock it was called being a mass of dark rusty iron stone they were both very warm and in a high state of perspiration this however would not have mattered much if they had undressed immediately and plunged right in but instead of doing so they laid aside their outer clothes and then sat down to cool off thus allowing a reaction to set in that came near to having serious consequences when they thought they had cooled sufficiently they finished their undressing and were ready for the water i've half a mind to swim clear across said frank as they stood out on the end of the rock hesitating for a moment as all swimmers do before diving into the cool green depths better not said jack who was the more cautious of the two you might be too tired to swim back 
well then i'll tell you what we'll do we'll swim out to the middle and back again and that'll be just the distance for the race all right here goes assented jack and with a plump plump the two boys like two gigantic bullfrogs went head first into the water coming up again three or four yards away with dripping heads and blinking eyes and striking out vigorously toward the center of the arm ah but it's cold exclaimed frank half gasping you bet concurred jack very heartily cold as ice what business has the water to be so cold on such a broiling day as this oh it's just a little way it has said frank but cold or not cold i'm going out to the middle and with a powerful overhand stroke he ploughed his way through the rippled brine his shoulders gleaming white as he bent to his work jack using the ordinary breast stroke kept close up to him and they worked too hard to do much talking until the centre of the arm was reached and they could see then the whole beautiful sheet of water from end to end then they paused and frank saying he was beginning to feel tired turned over on his back for a little rest jack forthwith imitating his example sakes alive but this water is cold cried jack if we stay in it much longer we'll be getting the cramps let's make for the shore all right go ahead i'm after you replied frank jack accordingly turned his face shoreward and trying the side stroke now was making pretty good progress having got about halfway in when a cry from frank who was a few yards behind made him stop suddenly and wheel round to see what was the matter come here jack said frank in a troubled voice and jack immediately went back to him what's the matter old chap asked he anxiously why answered frank i seem to be losing all my strength see i can hardly take a stroke and sure enough his strength seemed to have left him and instead of the wide powerful sweeps he usually made he could manage to do little more than paddle enough with his hands to keep his head afloat the fact of the matter was that he had been seized with muscular cramp and was in great danger for there was no boat in sight and the shore lay nearly fifty yards away with water deep enough between to swallow an ocean steamer jack fully realized the danger but was too sensible to say so taking a firm grasp of frank's right shoulder with his left hand he said cheerily come along now i'll give you a lift and then putting forth all his strength he pushed frank forward while the latter could just manage to keep his head above water and pointed in the right direction in this fashion they crept slowly along frank growing more helpless and jack more tired every yard frank now could not even keep his mouth above water for the deadly cramp was drawing him altogether his back being bent like a bow and his arms and legs contracted until they were almost altogether useless jack too began to feel the cruel cold fastening upon him and his strength departing from him his heart sank as he looked at the distance still ahead and felt himself weakening at every stroke in his extremity the temptation to let go of frank and strike for the shore alone even flashed into his mind only to be contemptuously dismissed with a silent resolution to stay by his friend whatever happened at length by dint of grim determination jack got frank within ten yards of the shore and then feeling as though any further effort on his part were impossible 
he gave his friend a big push forward saying now then frank do the rest yourself with a muffled half-finished cry of for heaven's sake jack poor frank utterly helpless went under half turning over on his back as he did so not for a moment did jack hesitate weak and chilled as he was the sight of his playmate's peril nerved him to fresh exertions and summoning all his energies for one supreme final effort he grasped frank's shoulders once more and with desperate spasmodic strokes fought his way through the water never will he forget that wrestle with death frank fortunately still keeping collected and quiet could get but an occasional breath for now nearly his whole face was submerged and jack himself seemed to be swimming in some dense fluid that stubbornly opposed the movements of his arms but foot by foot he struggled on until at length when every atom of strength and hope seemed exhausted he saw below him the dark seaweed-covered rock and putting down his foot found solid bottom beneath him thank the merciful father we're saved frank he cried half sobbingly as he drew his companion up on to the rock god bless you jack you've saved my life replied frank with a fervor that showed how clearly he understood the magnitude of the peril through which he had passed yes jack you've saved my life and some day i'll show you how grateful i am oh that's all right said jack you'd do the same for me if you had the chance i hope i won't have the chance all the same answered frank for perhaps i wouldn't keep as cool as you did and then where would we be half an hour's basking in the hot sun took all the cramp out of the boys bodies and they went back home not a whit the worse for their experience and a good deal wiser they kept the matter to themselves prudently thinking it would only alarm their parents if it came to their ears and perhaps make them worry while really there was no occasion for further anxiety the following saturday afternoon was the time fixed for the swimming race and the two friends practised diligently determined that the sovereign should fall to one of them at all events or perhaps be divided between them if they came out a tie the eagerly anticipated day dawned sunnily and proved as fine bright and warm as heart could wish a great deal of interest was felt in the swimming race for at least six boys had entered for it and in the afternoon the arm at the place where the swimming would take place was dotted over with boats containing the fathers mothers sisters cousins aunts and friends of the different contestants uncle william or to give him his proper title mr william cunard was the judge at the finish and the six boys wearing the scantiest possible bathing suits were rowed across to the other side of the arm in boats i'm awfully excited said jack stone to frank brookfield on the way over in so low a tone that none of the other boys heard him father says he'll double the prize if i win but if i don't win i hope to goodness you will whoever wins will have a hard fight for it said frank both george and hal can swim like fishes i don't know about the other two presently the boat touched the shore and the boys all leaped out and took up their positions upon the ledge of rock from which they were to start are you ready called out the starter then go and with a tremendous splash the whole six plunged into the water like one man the next moment they were all at the surface again and cleaving the calm water at the top of their speed 
Frank was using his favorite overhand stroke, Jack the side stroke, and the rest the ordinary breast stroke. For some distance there was little difference between them. You might have covered them with a handkerchief, so to speak. Then little by little Frank and Jack, keeping well together, began to draw away from George and Hal, who in their turn led the other two. By the time the center of the arm was reached, it was plain to all that the race lay between the two friends, and amid cheers and shouts of, Go it, Frank! Hit her up, Jack! Pretty work, both of you! Keep it up! They plowed through the water side by side. Three-fourths of the distance was now covered, and their positions were unchanged, when with a pang that went right to his heart, Jack felt himself weakening. Inch by inch his stroke shortened, and first Frank's head, then his neck, and then his shoulders slipped past him. Gritting his teeth with fierce determination, and breathing hard, he strained every nerve to recover his lost ground, but all in vain. Frank gained steadily until his heels were in a line with Jack's head. Already they were raising the shouts of victory, when Frank, turning to see what lead he had, caught sight of Jack's pale face, in which disappointment and despair were already showing themselves, and it brought up in his mind that same face a week before, when, pallid but resolute just as it was now, it cut the water close beside him, while the boy to whom it belonged struggled so bravely with the death that threatened. A mist came in his eyes, and a lump rose in his throat as he thought of this. "'He saved my life,' he murmured to himself. "'Hello, what's up with Frank?' said Mr. Cunard. "'He's almost stopped. He must be done out. Just shove out that boat there toward him, will you?' "'Go on and win, old chap,' said Frank to Jack when the latter came up to him. I'm used up. I'll just paddle in slowly. Oh, I'm all right, he added, as Jack showed signs of stopping to help him. Tired out, that's all. Cheer after cheer rang out as Jack, nearly exhausted himself, but undaunted in spirit, swept by Frank, now paddling quite leisurely, and finished the course amidst a general chorus of congratulation. He felt as proud as punch, and when Frank came ashore, threw his arms around him affectionately, saying, "'You're a dear good fellow to let me beat you.' Not that he had the slightest suspicion as to how it had really happened. Frank never told him. Indeed, he never told anybody except his mother, and she alone of all the people who witnessed it knew the secret of Frank Brookfield's sudden collapse in the swimming match at the arm. End of section 16